Good to be back for the Sunday school class, and today we will uh, work on uh, practical Christian uh, living. Um, let's start by reading from First Peter chapter three. The last time we talked about when about this topic, the Christian living or the practical things in Christian uh, life. We talked about men and the headship of a man and uh, what does it mean to be a man, a servant, leader. And today, it will be about the women, more about the women. It's good for the men to listen to, but of course, it's very good for the women to listen today. I know some women last time, they said we will not come when it comes to the women, but here we are. And... Uh, We'll start by reading First Peter chapter 3. Likewise, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may be without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they, while they behold your chest conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God, and it can be who hoped in God, very relevant to our sermon this morning, adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, this precious treasure that we have, your own word, the word that comes from your own mouth. Your word is truth. Lord, we pray that you would examine our lives in the light of your words. Lord, we pray also that you would change our lives by your spirit to live according to your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, as, as you see, Peter speaks in most of this section about women, about wives, and he's especially talking about women who has uh, husbands in terms of the relationship with their husbands. How should they relate to their husbands? And we'll see that he's not talking only about godly husbands, about husbands, whether godly or ungodly. And he's using certain words, and, uh, and Paul is using the same word, which is the, the word submission, or being in subjection, the word submission. What a word. It's a word that is, uh, that is important in the Christian life. Everyone, every one of us 
is submitting to someone or to a place or to a group of people. Uh, we submit to the elders of the church, right? We submit uh, to our bosses in, in our jobs. Everyone is submitting to someone. No one is above this. It was amazing that even Jesus Christ himself submitted to the Father. He came to fulfill the mission. So submission is not a bad word. Jesus himself practiced submission. If it's a bad thing, something is wrong. Uh, but here, he's not talking about submission in general. He's talking uh, in this section about wives and uh, how do they relate to their husbands. It's, it's interesting that he never, he never tells husbands to submit to their wives. Neither Peter nor Paul. And we talked about this last time. It's the, the, the husband is the head of the house. But again, why is he emphasizing this uh, commandment to the woman? In order to understand this text, I think it's, it's very good for us to go back to Genesis and have a quick look uh, at what happened with Eve, especially Eve in the book of Genesis. We talked about this before when we were studying Genesis, but it will be a good to refresh our minds with what the Lord said to Eve on this day when they broke God's word. Let's go back to Genesis 3, because this will drop great amount of light on all the commandments of subjection or submission in the New Testament. Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve ate from the fruit, the forbidden tree, the Lord started to bring judgment. This is the context. The context is judgment in Genesis 3. And it begins in 3... 14, the, Lord's, the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, above the valley. Shall thou go, and thus shall thou eat all the days of thy life. This is judgment. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Till this point, God was speaking to the serpent. Then he will speak to the woman. I will skip I will skip the judgment to the woman now and I will show you what he's saying to the man. Verse 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. Judgment. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it and all of the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Judgment. Judgment for the serpent. Judgment for Adam. And now let's go to what he's saying to the woman. And remember, this is a judgment. Unto the woman, verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow, thou shalt bring forth children. I think this is clear, right? And we see it with every woman. Childbearing, conception. It's painful. It's painful. This is part of the judgment. But this is not the only part of the judgment. Listen to this. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. 
you shall desire and he shall rule over thee remember this is judgment and the question is why is this judgment why would the lord say this sentence as a judgment for the woman to have a desire and he shall rule over thee well maybe the second part can be understood that he would rule over thee maybe he would rule harshly okay but what about you shall desire you shall have desire to, to your husband what does this mean some people thought well maybe she will she will love him but he will rule her well i don't think this fits with being a judgment i think the lord wants the woman to love her husband even before the fall it's not a punishment some went further and say maybe this is sexual desire she will have sexual desire and he shall rule over her i don't think even this is a kind of punishment between a husband and wife should this should be the desire how can we understand the word desire here well we have a very famous principle in which which the reformers taught clearly which is when you have a hard text you look to an easier text parallel to it and you understand the harder text in the light of the easier text and we have this case here so in order to what to understand what's happening in genesis 3 especially with the wife let's go to genesis 4 in genesis 4 we have the story of cain and abel the lord accepted the sacrifice from abel didn't accept from cain cain became very angry and he's about to do foolishness and the lord came and warned him see how the lord warned him verse 6 and the lord said unto cain why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen means you're angry if thou doest well shall thou not be accepted and if thou doest not well listen to this sin lieth at the door and unto thee shall be his desire whose desire here the desire of sin so here eve desire adam and in genesis 4 the same the same construction the same words sin has desire desire for what sin lies at the door and unto thee shall be his desire eve has a desire to her husband and sin has desire to cain and thou shalt rule over him but you cain shall rule over him over sin so what does it mean for sin has a desire for cain it's not sexual desire it's not desire for love what kind of desire sin would have over cain it's a desire to control him desire to rule over him 
and you can, you shall, you should rule over sin. You should not let it control over you. Now, in light of this, which is easier to understand, let's understand this. What is the punishment then for Eve after the fall? You shall have desire to rule over your husband. And he shall rule over you. You'll not be happy for him to be the head. And you'll try to resist this. And you'll try to say, why would you be the head? I want to be the head. I should be the head. And this, this desire of, of rule over him will be expressed in different ways. Sometimes, great resistance, all these feminist ideas that we, we are watching right now, it's an expression of this. But sometimes it is in, unhappy, in an unhappy subjection. Submission or subjection out of fear. She's just submitting to him because he's stronger physically than her, but she's not happy. In her heart, a lot of resentment. She's angry. If she has the chance, I would rule. I would lead. I may even try to do it in a subtle way. I will let him listen to nice words, but I'm leading the house from underground. I'm trying to rule. This is the curse. And the man will continue doing his role, to rule over her. So what would be the case now? You have two people in the house and both of them want, want to be the head. What do you think will happen between them? War. Conflicts. Struggles. Divorce. We want, both of us want this same place. And if you notice, the Lord gave a commandment for Adam and Eve in the beginning. You shall be fruitful and be blessed and fill the earth. This commandment that the Lord gave them in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 will be fulfilled. But if you notice, through the curse of, of Eve, that this commandment will be fulfilled through struggles, through pain, through suffering. They are fighting with each other. And at the same time, she will bring forth children by sorrow. The other commandment that the Lord gave to Adam and Eve was, subdue the earth, subject the earth, uh, bring forth or walk, walk the earth, develop it. And for Adam, well, this commandment will be fulfilled, but it will not be easy. It will bring you thorns and thistles. So the commandments that the Lord gave to Adam and Eve in the beginning will be fulfilled, but through suffering and struggles. And with Eve, this is her problem. Submission. She will not be happy in submitting anymore by nature. As a sinful person being born in sin, this will be her her problem, special problem as a woman. So when the New Testament comes and speaks to the Christian woman, he will remind them, submit to your husbands. When he talks to the husbands, he will say, love your wife, because the problem with the man is he's selfish. He will not tell the man, submit to your wife. In fact, lead your wife. But he will tell the woman, the restoration is 
you come again to submit to your husband. Now let's go to First Peter th- um, 3 and see what Peter is saying in the light of this. Verse 1, likewise, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may not, may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. As I said, he's talking to married women, and it's an unparalleled submission to their husbands. But let's, let's see first how Paul speaks to the women before understanding what does it mean to submit to their husbands. In, in verse 5, he is saying something interesting. For after this manner in all time, the holy women also who trusted in God, who trusted in God, and in other translations, you will see it, hoped in God. What would make a woman submit to her husband, especially if he is not a Christian? Why would she do this? The only reason that she will, she will do this is that she trusts God and his word. That this is the right way to live. This is my role. Those who do not trust God, those who do not hope God, will never be able to submit willingly, happily to their husbands. No chance. Only through hope in God, trusting in God. Trusting in his promises. They will do this. On the other hand, women are trying to, worldly women will try to find their hope in something else. And he's talking about this here. In, in verse 3 and 4, he's talking about a, a different kind of, uh, of a place that the woman would try to go to. To secure their places, to secure their situations. See this in verse 3 and 4? Talking about the godly woman, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on the apparel. This is what the worldly woman would do. They would seek their security in these things. They want to stay beautiful. They want to stay attractive. This is my strength. And as long as I keep this advantage, this strength, I am more secured. I, am, I will be able to control. I'll make sure that I'm not in trouble. This is my point of strength. I, I can't get physical strength. My strength is my beauty. My strength is my, how I will dress, how I will, how will have lo- lots of external adornment. And I will hope in these things. And you see this in the world. When ungodly women get, get older and older, they are trying to do their best to keep their beauty. Do surgeries, use lots of cosmetics. Why would they do this? This is their hope. And if they start to lose these things, there's no hope. Fear. Terror. And Peter is saying... Your hope should not be in these things. Your hope should be internal. 
It's something about in the heart. Verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Why he's talking about meekness and quiet spirit? Because this fits well with our topic. Submission. If she's not meek, if she doesn't have this quiet spirit, no chance for submission. Especially for an ungodly man. Only by the power of God. Only by hoping in God and his promises. She can submit. Trusting him. Even if she doesn't see the, oh, everyone around me saying this is not the right thing. Well, the word of God says I should submit to my husband. Even the ungodly one. Who do not obey the word. This is, these are the kind of women that, that Paul is talking about. We hope in God. If you ask me what is the key word in this text, I would say in verse 5, trusted in God. This is the key word. If she doesn't trust in God, if she doesn't hope in, in him and his promises, if she doesn't trust the gospel, that this is the right way of, to be a woman, no chance. No chance to submit. If she doesn't see Christ and the church, and this is the example. She will not submit. Okay. What does it mean then for her to submit? Before I'll say what does it mean for her to submit, let's see what is not submission. Because sometimes people may abuse the word submission. But let's see first from the text what is not submission. First of all, submission is not that you will agree with everything that your husband says or believes. Verse 1, again. Ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word. So this is a man who does not obey the word, he doesn't love the word, he doesn't love Christ, he's not a Christian, and you are a Christian. You did not follow him in this. Right? She's a believer and he's not. It shows that she did not submit to him on that. She obeyed God more than him. And this is the right thing to do. So if, you, if the husband, if the ungodly husband is asking the woman, his wife, to sin, no, we must obey God more than men. So submission is not about listening to your husband in everything. She has listened to the message. She obeyed the gospel. She believed the gospel. She repented. She became a Christian. This is what, who, who are Peter ad, are addressing. Second, to submit doesn't mean that she will not make every effort to preach the gospel to him and to convert him. She will not just say, well, he's the head. It's not my business. If God wants to change him, he will do it. Peter is saying, I'm telling you to submit to him because there is a goal. We have a goal here. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. You know what? You can change your husband. And you should aim for that. You should pray for that. You should act and live so that this may happen one day. Do not be satisfied by the situation your husband is at right now. Don't say, well, my role is not to lead. I'll just leave him. Well, it's not about leadership. It's about praying for him. 
It's about pointing to Christ for him. Uh, talking to him, why don't we go to the church? I have listened to a nice sermon. Would you like to listen to it? In meekness. In quietness. In love. But persistence. You insist. You, you do not lose heart with him. You keep trying again and again and again. It's amazing that Peter is talking to women who are married to ungodly men. And he's telling them how to submit to them. So submission here does not mean that she will not do every effort to try to change him. Thirdly, submission does not mean that she will depend on her husband for spiritual nourishment. Because if he's not godly, and she will, she will say, well, since he's not godly and he, he's not leading me, well, where can I get my nourishment from? It's his fault. I'll just stay as I am. No, you do not depend on your ungodly husband for your spiritual nourishment. You are responsible for your spiritual nourishment. Submission does not mean you will follow him. In his laziness, you will read, you will go to the church, you will listen to sermons, you will, you will study the word. Um, even if he does not do his role, of course, what a blessing. What a blessing for the Christian house where the man is leading his wife. And, is, and as we said last time, the provision, the spiritual provision of your family and your wife, this is your role as a man. From man's side, this is our role. The spiritual state of your wife is part of your responsibility. But to the wives, if the man is not doing this, this doesn't mean that you don't have a responsibility. You are still responsible before the Lord. And according to this text, as we have seen, this woman, their hope is in God, not in their husbands. Not in their husbands. It's in God. Fourthly, Submission is not fear. If a woman is submitting to her husband out of fear, this is not submission. The Christian woman is a free woman. And what does it mean to be a free woman? That she submits to her husband because she loves to submit to her husband. She wants to submit to her husband. It's not something that's against her will, that, well, I have nothing else to do. But she is submitting to her husband, whether he's a believing husband or unbelieving husband. She, su she submits freely, not with fear. So these are the four things which are not submission. Briefly then, what is submission? What does it mean for a wife? To submit to, to, her, to her husband. Um, submission means that the wife honors the leadership of her husband. Honors his leadership. And not only honor the leadership, emphasize this leadership. Speaking about it proudly, he is the head, he is the leader. And you are following him. And that she would do everything that shows that he is the head. Whether she's alone, whether with her, with her children, 
whether with her family, with her friends, she honors him. She emphasizes his leadership. And she does this happily. And she knows that my role is to help him to complete his task, to complete the work that the Lord put on his shoulders by all the gifts that the Lord has given me. If you read the story of Genesis again, in Genesis 2, the Lord created Adam and gave him a mission. And then he created Eve to be a helpmate, to help him, to support him, to fulfill their mission. And as a wife, she would be happy to do that. That I'm honoring his leadership, I'm emphasizing this leadership, I'm doing this happily, and I know that I'm, I'm there to support him, to accomplish the role that the Lord has given him. We are not rivals. It's not that he has his own agenda and I have my own agenda. We're together. And not only as partners, but as a husband and wife. As a head and a body. And we're working together to accomplish the mission, the role that the Lord has given us. Where my husband is the head and I am the one who has held me to him to fulfill this. This is, this is submission. And it's a, heart, it's a heart attitude. It's a heart direction. As I said, you honor him when you are alone, when you are with your children, when you are with your family, when you are with your friends at work. You do not speak little of him. Nowhere. Not even as a joke. Not even when you are alone. I'll open with you a text, very significant text. And, and Peter is referring to it in Genesis 18. About an example of honoring a husband. A wife is honoring her husband. Verse 9. The Lord and the angels came to Abraham in the tent. And verse 9, and they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. She's not with him, she's in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door. Sarah was not with Abraham. She's not standing beside him. She's not in the scene. She's in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman. She can't bring children anymore. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. Notice this. She laughed within herself. No one is watching her. Saying, after I am waxed to old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Who's my Lord here? Abraham. She is by herself. She is alone. She's speaking to herself and she is calling Abraham, my Lord. And this is the text that Peter is referring to in 1 Peter 3, that Sarah was calling her husband, my Lord, out of respect, honoring him, being alone. No one is watching. This is her attitude. This is her heart. In her heart, she is respecting him. She is honoring him. 
And notice, Peter is saying, you do this to your unbelieving husband. Because some women will say, well, we will submit if our husbands are like Abraham. Or like Christ. The church is, is submitting to Christ. If my husband is like Christ, I will submit to him like what the church should do. This is not what Peter is saying. Peter is saying, submit to your husbands who are not obeying the word. And Abraham, I can talk a lot about Abraham as a head. What he has done to his wife. He left her twice. One in Egypt and one with Abimelech in Palestine. Still she's calling him Lord, my Lord. This is the attitude of submission. And know this. Generally speaking, about this word, and of course about the case of husbands and wives, when is submission examined? When would you know that this is a true submission out of the heart, honoring him? Submission is not examined when your husband is nice to you, when you agree on everything. If you agree on what you are going to do, well, and he said something that you, you already like, and you said, okay, well, it's easy to say. When would submission be truly examined? When he said that we will do this, or we should do that, when he said a certain opinion, and you don't like the opinion, you don't think that this is the right thing to do at this point? You are not convinced? There's conflict, at least in point of view. Yet, you happily submit. Submission is not examined when our views are the same. Submission is truly examined when our wills make conflict. When it is hard for me to submit. And I will think of Christ himself. I'm not saying that the father and the son were never in conflict or were not in happy agreement together. But Christ as he was going to the cross. It was not easy. It was not an easy task for him to take. It was not an easy to the, to the extent that he said. If you can remove this cup from me. Please, Lord, remove it. But let it be your will, not my will. It is hard for me, but I will happily do this. With contentment. Because I trust in God. I, I hope in God. I trust in his word. I trust in his system. And so I'll submit. Why would Peter write this to the church? I will close with this. For men and women, generally speaking, because we are still struggling with this. As men, we are struggling with loving our wives as our, our bodies. Even as Christian men. And for women, he's writing this because we are still struggling with the, with the consequences of the fall. Christ redeemed us. Yes, there is a place now for us to submit as women, they can submit now, but only by the power of God, only as the hope in God. We have heard this morning about the importance of hope in our lives. When our hope grows weaker, 
when we are distracted in this world, when we are being influenced by the media and by, by the pressure from the world, by the principles of the world, we grow weaker. But the Lord comes again in his word and reminds us, this is how you should live. This is how a wife should live. This is how a husband should live. And by his spirit, he enables us to live this life. Because we know in our strength right now, we're still suffering from this. For wives, women, they're still struggling with that. And don't think ever that in your strength you'll be able to accomplish these words that we just read. But as you hope and trust in God and his promises, you are enabled to submit to your husband as the church submit to Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we, we confess that by nature we go astray from you. But we thank you for your pro- precious promises. We thank you for the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel by which we are being restored to the image that you have created us to be. A man and a woman, a husband and a wife, to resemble and to to proclaim, to reflect your relationship with your people, Christ and the church. Lord, we confess that at many times we misrepresent this beautiful image. And Satan wants us to misrepresent it and wants to propagate that this is not a, a realistic or a, or, a, or a right or a good image. And we saw all the destruction. We are seeing all the destruction that he is causing because of that. Lord, we pray that by your spirit, by the power of your spirit, that you may enable us as husbands and wives and as husbands to be and wives to be, to reflect the image that you have created us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.